What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another episode of the Smart Cow Moments Smack Talk Podcast, What If Edition. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango. Joining me, as always, are Kellen Wiggins. Hello. And Robert E. Felice. Hey. Oh, we were trying to figure out something to do. We are uh, a little bit on a rush here because I was trying to figure out why the hell my Facebook stuff wasn't working out and all that. But we decided to go back to one of the topics we had mentioned before was on the back burner of these next couple of weeks when we were trying to figure out these blank weeks. And we decided to talk about another person that we've been talking about quite a bit lately with his contract status and leaving a company and uh, all of the mess that comes around with that. We're going to talk some more CM Punk. And yes, it seems like we've been talking about Punk a lot lately, but it's a huge topic. He is a huge star with a lot of controversy around him. And this what if is looking back on the last time that he left a company where there was <laughs> lots of issues. So it's uh, refreshing and also not refreshing to go back and talk about the same sort of issue, but in a different perspective. Punk has left AEW. He's been fired from them. And he previously, in 2014, had quit WWE. And that led into a lawsuit and everything. So the what if for this edition is... What if CM Punk never left WWE? What if he did not quit? There wasn't a lawsuit. The Colt Cabana podcast stuff didn't become a thing. He continues on after the Royal Rumble of 2014. And, you know, I mean, we're leading into WrestleMania 30. Obviously, there's a lot of differences that would come about if he is on the card just because he was seemingly in a feud with Triple H and uh, Kane, and then, you know, does that change Daniel Bryan's WrestleMania 30? Does that change Batista, Randy Orton? There are a lot of things that could have happened differently from just that one little aspect of Punk sticks around a little longer, even if it wouldn't have been, you know, he's still around there up until 2023. If he would have stayed around for a couple more months, that would have been a huge difference. So we got to talk about all the things that we can imagine in that scenario. As we do that, we always want you to know what you have to say about these topics. So as a reminder, if you are over there on YouTube, go to the little comment section, type out what you're thinking, respond to what we're talking about, do all the good stuff that you normally would do. Click on the like button as well. That helps us out quite a bit. Double check that you are subscribed to the YouTube channel. If you're not, obviously click on the subscribe button, ring your little notification bell, get those email alerts set up. And if you want to help us out on the monetary side of things, there is the join button that'll give you access to the channel membership. It's the same thing as to Patreon. We got some stuff coming up pretty soon. We're going to record another dark cast over the course of this week or next week. We got a pick your poison in the works from Marco. Thank you for that. Potentially a pick your poison from guest five about impact 1000. But if you, you know, you don't want to do something all that complicated and you just want to toss a little spare change our way, the way that you would with a super chat, there's also the little thanks button. So if you really like this video and you want to just be like, hey, here's a tip for like two bucks or something, then that makes you uh, an even more valued member of our, our fandom. And if you want to pick up merchandise, Redbubble and Public is out there as well. So obviously, if you're listening to us outside of YouTube and you can't leave a comment or you can't do any of those things, hop on over to YouTube. It's the best uh, avenue for us. But, uh, you know, post on Facebook or Twitter or whatever it might be. Screw Facebook, by the way, for making me jump through hoops today. Anyway, whew. let's get into this topic. What if CM Punk never left? 
there are way, 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 way too many different ways that we can start this. So I guess the easiest way that I can think of off the top of my head to just kind of kick this off is if you could go back in time and stop it, would you? Or do you think that we are in the best timeline when it comes to that? I don't think CM Punk leaving WWE changes much of anything except for the fact that Daniel Bryan got to be champion for a moment. Still, that was one of the best moments in modern wrestling history. So I'm tempted to say no, but ultimately I think seeing how his return worked out, I'd probably just keep CM Punk around, you know, and let him just add a little more flavor to the WWE roster of that time. Um, but I guess with the the benefit of hindsight, I don't think I would have wanted a a surly, no caring CM Punk to just be loitering around on the WWE roster for uh, the coming months or years. Because essentially, I know we're going to be talking about it here, but the overall argument is, well, if he didn't leave in 2014, he would have left a couple of months later in 2014, or he would have left in 2015, or he would have left it. Like, it was a, it was an inevitability that this was coming, so you might as well go out of the way sooner rather than later. Um, I don't think that really even his departure, and we'll talk about this a bit later, I don't think his departure leads to, to uh, Daniel Bryan winning the title either, really. But, um, but but yeah, I think that it was probably the right time for him personally and for him to move on. So if that was best for him, then that's the right decision. So the injury is something that is a factor that I think a lot of people overlook when they talk about this. He was banged up. He did have medical problems that he was, I mean, that led to the whole lawsuit element of this. Who's to say, you know, in three more matches after the Royal Rumble that he's not just on the shelf anyway, and that they don't mess around with some of their plans and they don't come around to the same setup for WrestleMania. And, you know, I mean, things could have worked out in any number of different ways. I mean, you, you guys know the whole like setup of like the, the butterfly effect and all that. So it's not like a, we're breaking new ground here, but I think that that's something that definitely does need to be addressed is the idea that who's to say if he would have stuck around that he would have stuck around for any long indeterminate amount of time. He could have been gone just, uh, you know, later on that year. And maybe we got a couple more matches or feuds out of, C- uh, out of Cena, out of CM Punk, or he could still technically be in WWE. It's been nine years but there are people that are still there that you know they were prominent then they're prominent now you know they're the miz and kofi kingston and uh ray mysterio seth rollins you know tons of different people lots of people have left the company lots of people are in very different positions jimmy uso is just a guy on this royal rumble and of course he's one of the biggest acts they have right now roman reigns of course huge huge uh, person in this Royal Rumble, and we know what ended up happening when it comes to him. Uh, I think I wouldn't debate whatsoever that the best course of action happened. I can't imagine CM Punk sticking around in WWE leads to, oh man, well, we would have gotten that Punk and Dean Ambrose feud that would have been amazing, or 
Punk and Rollins would have turned into a great WrestleMania thing that's different from what we got or yeah, any kind of feuds. I, I, some of it could have been great, maybe, but some of it I think probably would have been garbage too. And I wouldn't want to sacrifice what did happen at Mania 30 to get Punk on the card. Because we do know that he was feuding with Punk and or he was feuding with Triple H and Kane primarily. We don't really know, as far as I'm aware, what they had planned for Mania for Punk and Brian prior to Punk's exit, do we? Because yeah. it kind of seemed yeah, it was Punk, Punk and, and Triple H seemed like it was Punk a thing. Triple H Punk and Triple H and, H and, and Sheamus and Danny, yeah, Bryan. Sheamus Danny Bryan. Yeah. So that was the other Sheamus one. Okay, which that would have been nothing. Who cares? If it would have been a good match, then it would have just been a good match that we immediately forgot about in the history books. What is the deal with those two? Where it's just they really like, wanted them. There are three separate wrestle- yeah. WrestleManias where it was like Sheamus and Daniel Bryan. I mean, they have good, good chemistry, but it wasn't anything great. And I struggled to think about how Sheamus. What did he actually do that year? Was he just another guy in the Andre? That was the first year of the Andre. Um, maybe he was just another guy in that, but I don't know how he kept finding his way back to Daniel Bryan. Uh, look, I think that CM Punk and Triple H, even though that's where it was going, it wasn't really, he wasn't like feuding with them for months and months and months because they were kind of doing the best in the beard, the tag team of Punk and Bryan against the Wyatts and against the Shield and then... After Punk said he would enter the Royal Rumble number one, that's where it kind of became, okay, I guess he'll feud with the authority. Because other than that, what was it, that he punched Triple H during a segment? A lot of people got involved in that. It's not like they were really building towards Daniel Bryan and Shawn Michaels out of that segment. You know, like, it, it is very weird to me that it was like a given that this is where they were going. I definitely think for the case of Triple H the best thing happened because he got to be, you know, a big part of that. And the story was a bit more smooth, but I mean, you, if you look at media 30, it's very clear. This was not the plan in many different ways. Like there's no way when they were heading into the Royal rumble. And I know that they, sometimes people try to go like, well, they would have come around to it anyway. No, they wouldn't have, uh, this Daniel Bryan. Yes. Movement that ended up taking over they would have suppressed that for sure. And they would have had more of like a, well, you know, maybe, maybe that would give more heat to the Seamus thing or, you know, whatever they do it all the time. They very easily will take something that's hugely popular and just say, well, that'll be a big bonus for a mid card thing. Look at LA Knight right now. Tons of people are like LA Knight should have won the U S title. Well, for some reason they gave it to Rey Mysterio what did they do with LA Knight since then? Well, he's been kind of bouncing around, but they've been treating him as like, see, we're giving him a push. We're showing him on TV rather than, yeah, we're booking him against like Roman Reigns or something. I don't think that they should do that right now. That's another discussion, but they aren't going to go like, man, this thing is really popular. So let's just shoot it to the top of the list. And Daniel Bryan, whether he was supposed to fight Sheamus or that's just a rumor that like, Maybe they would have come around to something else or that was just something that they pitched around the conference table that they would have waited another couple weeks and sorted something else out for. He could have very easily just been in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal that year. 
it seems almost like, from my perspective, Daniel Bryan versus Triple H happens because they were going to do Punk versus Triple H. And Triple H already had that, like, he's been training for it. He wants to have a match. They set aside that on the card. Because that's a match that leads into the main event. And, yeah, technically you can say that they could have just swapped Bryan and Punk and gone on with Batista versus Orton. But the reaction with Batista and Orton they had the sensibility to put Brian in there anyway. Maybe they would have had WrestleMania where it's CM Punk versus Triple H and Daniel Bryan is such a big movement going on that they insert him into the World Heavyweight Championship match anyway, and he just doesn't have to fight Triple H, and it's like, I don't know, say a Monday Night Raw episode and Punk and Brian team up against Triple H and Orton or Orton and Batista or whatever it might be. And it's like, okay, well, if if you win, then Punk, you get a match against Triple H at Mania and Brian will get in the main event. Maybe they would have done something like that. But I don't know. I think Brian just kind of becomes a nobody at that WrestleMania that they just try to you know, maybe they give him a different mid-card match, or maybe they have him win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And then we get Orton versus Batista in the main event, and everybody hates it. Now, Callum, I know you had said that you think you don't think Brian being in the main event of WrestleMania had to do with Punk leaving. And I get what you're saying to an extent, because when Batista got the reaction he did, Punk wasn't gone yet. But there is an argument that maybe without trying to suppress the punk chance and the yes thing that they just don't go with Brian. And for the record, the Brian moment is awesome, but I'm not going to act like eventually getting Batista and Brock at SummerSlam wouldn't have been good as well because that's match that should have happened on a big stage. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I, I want a bit more of what you were thinking there when you said that you don't think that punk led to Brian. I just think the Daniel Bryan thing was inevitable. Like you event you like there's so much of a movement behind it. WWE you, you're right, WWE does have a habit of suppressing these things, but they also when they know they have the habit of going, Okay, just give it to him. Just do it. It's like we know that this will get a big positive reaction, so why are we trying to to, uh, suppress it that much I mean the argument stems from the fact that Brian had already won the WWE Championship twice before CM Punk left he'd won the World Heavyweight title as well far before, before that when he was a heel but he'd won the WWE title twice he'd beaten John Cena for it and then he'd beaten Randy Orton for it again they were both like very short reigns but they'd proven that they were going to make him they had made him WWE Champion multiple times so I don't see that it would be too much of a stretch to suggest that they would have found a way to have him finagle his way into the, the world triple threat thing anyway. Yeah, yeah. And then just like you say, either do some sort of qualifier before that or, you know, have him run a gauntlet against it. One of the well, actually one of the big things that I think that would be influenced by seeing Punk staying is I don't think the shield would turn babyface. It's probably the bigger thing. Because the Shield turned babyface in the in the lead up to WrestleMania 30. So what did they do at Mania 30 again? They were they thought the, they they uh, the uh, and the, the New Outlaws and Kane. Oh, that's right. That it was like a 
like a short match too, right? Yeah, yeah. It was a real short. Yeah, match, and then yeah. the following up uh, pay per views, they fought Evolution on two things, and then that leads to the Seth Rollins, phenomenal. Uh, the turn uh, and the Authority, and yeah. I think with CM Punk not around, I mean, maybe they would have decided to pivot in this direction because of the reaction that Roman Reigns got at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, because people forget Roman Reigns got a big positive reaction at this Royal Rumble. He was the runner-up that Batista had to eliminate last. I don't think anyone forgets that. Well, people act like, you know, I've never been a fan of Roman and stuff. And it's like, hey, the previous year, you know, 2015, everybody hated the idea that Roman won that Royal Rumble. But WWE had every right to give him that Royal Rumble win in 2015 based off of the reaction from 2014. The only thing that got in the way with it was everybody wanted Daniel Bryan again. So they did, they, they, see the thing with they, they didn't have the right to do it because the reason why they cheered him so much in 2014 is because they didn't want Batista to win. The, t- the two guys he was left in the Royal Rumble with were Batista and Sheamus. Of course, he was the one that was getting cheered out of it. It's like <laughs> could have put because he was a younger guy and he hadn't been there yeah. yet. And also, like people forget the shield was cool. Yeah. And this is an element of the punk thing that we can talk about because I don't think people shit on Roman if Punk doesn't go on a podcast and say the words about five times, make Roman Reigns look strong. They were obsessed with Roman Reigns. Make Roman Reigns look strong. Uh, That's like like the the few hundred people that listen to that podcast. It's like, come on, seriously. I think think the reason why Roman is because it was so unbelievably transparent that they were pushing him down. Everyone's froze like he was the guy from the shield, even though they'd given Rollins a turn. They were doing some stuff with Ambrose. Everyone knew that Roman Reigns was the guy they were pushing. I think the reason why Roman got such a negative reaction, again, I know this is going a bit of a tangent, but the reason why he got such a negative reaction at that Royal Rumble is because they'd made it evident that he was, quote unquote, the guy, yeah. but then hadn't actually done anything with him in the between the shield breaking up. And him going to that show, he'd what he'd beaten Randy Orton at Wrestle uh, at SummerSlam, and then I think he got injured for a little bit when he was supposed to fight Rollins, and then just seemed to just do nothing until hey, I'm going to the Royal Rumble, and at that point they just seemed to everything built around Roman Reigns is going to win, and then obviously you have Brian get eliminated earlier in that yeah. Rumble when everyone hates that, so. Yeah, they did themselves no favors but, with the structure of that match. But, but the reason why I think that the punk punk sticking around probably delays the Shield's turn, but it, but it would it would inevitably happen that they would turn babyface at some point because, as you rightly point out, they were cool and people would get behind them. But I think it would delay it because they would need to present those roadblocks between both Brian and Punk in the lead up to WrestleMania. Whereas what happened in reality was Punk disappeared and then uh, the Shield were immediately thrust into a feud with the White family. And then that turned them babyface. And they separated themselves from the authority because they were pretty much the authority's lapdogs prior to that point. And then what happens happens with them. They pretty much turned, they, they turned babyface. Rollins eventually turns heel, becomes the, the outside of the group and becomes a member of the authority himself. And the other two go in their own directions. But the reality in this situation is that probably you don't get that Shield versus Evolution match until, if Punk is still around, you probably don't get that until SummerSlam, maybe. They maybe stall on the Shield's turn until that point, which means Rollins doesn't win money in the bank, which means you don't get the highest of the century. So, we, I mean, if the Shield 
because I'm, I'm forgetting exactly what happens between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania 30. What's that? What what did they get to where they switched over the Shield against Kane and New Age Outlaws? New Age Outlaws were kind of tangentially part of the authority, right? So what happened was they had a brief stare down on an episode of Raw with the Wyatt and the Shield and Triple H. They were all ready to go and Triple H calls off the Shield and kept telling them, do not fight the Wyatts right now. Whether it was like, we don't need this right now or I need you right now. It, he kept trying to stop them from fighting the Wyatt family. They have the, the match at the Chamber, one of the best matches of that whole run. Um, after that, it kind of became Kane and the Outlaws being like, well, these guys are out of control, man. And Triple H just sort of let them go because he's like, okay, you can beat up Kane and the Outlaws, but listen to me. And then the night after Mania, they very much did not listen to Triple H and helped Daniel Bryan retain the title over Triple H. Because if we're booking with, like, I mean, the Royal Rumble itself is the way that it is with Punk. So that's with them thinking that Punk is going to stick around. And they know they're going, Batista wins the Royal Rumble. He's going to fight Randy Orton at WrestleMania, whether it's a triple threat match or it's, you know, any other kind of combination of things. They wanted Batista versus Orton at Mania for the championship. And they didn't want Daniel Bryan winning the Royal Rumble because he's not even in the Royal Rumble. They wanted Punk to be a big focal point of the Royal Rumble starting out at number one. And he gets eliminated by Kane. There is a chance I could see that they had planned based off of Kane having that thing with the New Age Outlaws and with uh, the CM Punk thing and all. If they didn't necessarily have Punk and Triple H planned, they could have had Punk and Kane planned, which sounds kind no, of Punk blah. And, Punk and Kane was the plan for Chamber. Which makes and sense. It was going to be Punk and Triple H. And then Punk and Triple H is the bigger story and it's WrestleMania. That's you know logically what they would do. But and this is just a real quick, not even an, an aside. It's just something I've always thought about with this: the Brian and Triple H match, storyline-wise, made an infinite amount more sense than Punk to begin with, because the whole thing should have been leading towards Brian and Hunter, because Hunter had been screwing over Brian for like six months. From the whole Randy Orton cashes in, like, you know, like, yeah. yeah, like so it's like. That should have always been the plan to me, but I understand that it wasn't and that I thought, hey, we'll finally give Punk that win over Triple H. He should have gotten like two years ago or whatever it was. And if they don't but, go with, because Punk was still like the more established name than Brian at that time. And even though the Brian movement was going on and it was getting better reactions than every single other person on the roster, they had some stuff that was pretty locked. Like we know relatively speaking punk being on the roster still by mania doesn't change brock lesnar versus undertaker it probably doesn't change john cena versus bray wyatt i would assume but there's a chance that it could have been hold on because punk shared the original lineup like that that meme that's gone around where people claim they found the, the, the wrestlemania leaked that's from an image that punk shared on his instagram back in the day where it had the real like locked in plans for WrestleMania 30. It's dated January 20th, 2014. 
So let's uh, go through the matches that are. Yeah, let me see what that is here. Uh, Batista and Randy Orton. So yeah, main event stays exactly the same. Undertaker, Lesnar, John Cena, Bray Wyatt, Daniel Bryan, and Sheamus. Big Show versus Kane. And then Roman Reigns versus Dean Ambrose for the U.S. title with no mention of Seth Rollins on this card. So other matches that do happen at Mania 30 for, uh, you know, refresher uh, that aren't listed here. There's DeAndre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal that Sheamus uh, is in and Cesaro wins by eliminating Big Show. So that would have taken Big Show out of the Big Show and Kane thing. There's the Shield versus Kane and New Age Outlaws. There's surprisingly on this card that Punk is sharing, there's no mention of anything in the women's division. But obviously, I don't think that CM Punk doing that would have, you know, I don't think. Is that surprising? You're surprised that they didn't have the women's yeah. plan locked in by January? Well, looking at what they ended up doing, it was the Vicky Guerrero Invitational match for the Divas Championship that AJ Lee wins. <laughs> so it's not like it, they really mattered. But, uh, there was also Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Elimination Match for the tag titles with the Usos, Los Matadores, the Real Americans, and Rybaxel. So Cesaro does double duty on this card. I would assume that he wouldn't have been the Andre the Joint Memorial Battle Royal winner. He would have just been in the, the Fatal 4-Way or something. Um, but then Big Show wasn't supposed to be in there either. So the two people that finished that wouldn't have necessarily been the case. It's weird to not have Rollins in there. And to do this Roman Reigns versus Dean Ambrose thing. It is and it isn't because they were doing a lot at the time of S.H.I.E.L.D. tension teasing. And it is clear that they were going to go with, you know, Roman Reigns in some capacity. I guess it just makes you wonder if Rollins would have been on the outside, if he would have found his way into that match or if he would have. Maybe been like an Andre winner or something. Or if this would have been when they would have pulled the trigger on just splitting up the shield for some reason and having a triple threat for the U.S. title, which sounds kind of weird to do right here because then they ended up doing the whole evolution thing and it took a while for the authority to snatch away Seth Rollins. But of course, the shield and Seth Rollins, shield and CM Punk had a whole connection too. So like, yeah, but they had already had that story at TLC. Of course, you could have run it back. Which was the TLC thing again? I don't remember. Is that Ryback? Um, no, that was Punk fighting the Shield in a three-on-one, and then Brian fought the Wyatts in a three-on-one. Man, that is so forgettable for me. <laughs> it's weird that like, all right, Kane and the New Age Outlaws against the Shield happens here. Totally different from Roman Reigns versus Dean Ambrose. The Punk and Triple H thing. I don't know. I mean, I could see a scenario where they would end up being like, okay, well, this Brian, Daniel Bryan thing is so popular that we need to give him a focal point on this card and that they would have gone with Daniel Bryan versus Kane at WrestleMania for a mid-card match and just be like, that's a featured match because the yes movements, whatever, and Kane's one of the big guys in the authority. That wouldn't shock me. And then it's Punk versus Triple H. And then who knows what they do with the Shield or whatever. But then we don't get Brian in the world title match. And it's just Batista versus Randy Orton. And one of the big fallouts that could happen from here. And I guess was supposed to be the case based off of the Royal Rumble booking with CM Punk involved. And then if Punk shows the 
that graphic that's like supposed to be the lineup where it's Punk and Triple H and all, they wanted Batista versus Orton. And even though it's not directly Punk related, it is, you know, all these things snowball. Who do you guys think would have won at WrestleMania? Would it have been Batista winning the title or did Orton retain? Absolutely been Batista winning the world title. And then who does he drop it to, Roman? Rock at SummerSlam. Rock at SummerSlam. It still, it still goes exactly the way it was supposed to go, except he probably would have fought Punk. There probably would have been, realistically, there probably would have been a four-way with Punk, Randy, and Brian. And then he would have fought one of them in a one-on-one. And then he drops it to Brock in a first-time-ever match at SummerSlam. Because Extreme Rules is Brian against Kane in the Extreme Rules match. Then there's an NXT TakeOver. Then there's Payback. And that is... Brian's already hurt and there's no world title match. That would have been Brian versus Kane in a buried alive. That's a no-holds-barred elimination match with the Shield against Evolution. Yeah, so that's very clearly crap. We don't have a world title match. The ladder match at Money in the Bank is for the vacant title. And John Cena wins that. And then Battleground, we get... Cena versus Kane, Orton, and Roman. And then SummerSlam, it comes back around to Cena and Brock. So, yeah, I guess it probably would have been Batista wins, and then he just drops it to Batista or to Brock, right? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it balances out potentially with Brock as the champion, and then we lead into the, you know, the title uh, gets held hostage <laughs> and they, you know, all the problems that come around with that. And then, you know, we go back to that worst timeline. Why did Brock beat the undertaker and all, um, but you lose out on CM Punk in this timeline, you lose out on Brian being the champion rather than Batista in the other timeline. Cause I still think I don't have a lot of faith that if Punk is there, that they do Brian versus Triple H or that they do Brian versus uh, Batista and Randy Orton. It would make sense because, I mean, this whole story was Brian got screwed at SummerSlam and that's one of the reasons why everybody wanted to support him. But I just don't have faith that WWE would have been like, yeah, and we're going to build the idea around that and he's going to come back around. He's going to win that title. Could have happened. And we could get right back on track and then it's just CM Punk fought Triple H at Mania instead of Brian fighting Triple H. I don't know. That's tough. That's uh, it's hard to really tell. Of course, you know, we don't know the magic of the universe. We can't say like, and then somebody would have came into the conference room and suggested this or something. But the only thing that we like that we know for a fact that Punk did not do while he was there. He never did a singles program with Wyatt. It probably would have happened around that time and that could have been a lot of fun i think it would have been a lot of fun he never did you know work with any of the nxt guys like he would have assuming he sticks around he would have had a good time working like owens and zane and those kind of guys but in the in the short of it all it doesn't change things drastically except for you get the cool Brian moment. And arguably, that is the right timeline because it should have been that 
from the beginning. I wonder if Punk stays around and even just getting past the uh, the WrestleMania of everything, which of course WrestleMania is the biggest show of the year. So obviously there's four months worth of Royal Rumble when we didn't see Punk after that leading up to WrestleMania that would have changed who knows how many things. And, you know, you look at like at an event like WrestleMania 32 where there was a bunch of injuries and that changes the course of direction for tons of stuff that immediately follows that. If Punk's still around by SummerSlam, the next biggest show, and if their game plan was to eventually just have like Brock Lesnar beat Batista, in the meantime, you got a bunch of months there of what does Punk do with all these other people on the roster? You know, does he feud with Bray Wyatt and we get Bray Wyatt versus CM Punk at SummerSlam instead of see who if that was the Jericho one, then I think yes, you probably would have got Yeah, it's Jericho. Punk Wyatt. So what was I think you probably would what was Bray Wyatt and Jericho feud? I don't remember that at all. <laughs> it was literally just this was Jericho. Jericho had stayed around for a couple of months. It was literally just him being like, "I'm a top baby face and I'm here." Mm. So he fought Wyatt. I believe that was the year he fought Randy at Night of Champions as well. Jericho, you mean? Yeah. So like, there there's some fun stuff there, but nothing groundbreaking and uh roman reigns is up against orton at SummerSlam. it's wyatt jericho it's rollins against ambrose in a lumberjack match so they've firmly split the shield rollins is a part of the authority ambrose is like you know top baby face one of the top baby faces not the top baby face uh to feud with Rollins in that capacity and Roman Reigns is up against Orton to kind of continue that. Cause it's kind of like Roman and Ambrose against Rollins and Orton. I guess it probably would have been Bray Wyatt versus CM Punk and Jericho would have just been, I don't know. Maybe not. not yeah. Not. Maybe not on the card at all. Uh, maybe he's inserted in there against the Miz for the intercontinental championship instead of Dolph Ziggler or, there's Rob Van Dam versus Cesaro in the, the pre-show on that match. I don't remember that feud at all. Um, probably Punk versus Wyatt would have been the next biggest talking point. And I mean, and then there's things like if the plan was still Cesaro goes with Heyman, you would have seen Punk Cesaro in a singles program. Most likely, yeah. Maybe that actually would have been the immediate thing after WrestleMania in that time frame between Mania and SummerSlam would have potentially been Cesaro versus Punk, and then Punk moves on to Bray Wyatt. It makes sense. Kind of, uh, you know, hey, he wins the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, then we put him with CM Punk afterward and, you know, give him a push that way. I think you would have potentially seen Punk Brock Lesnar for the world title at some point. You know, just moving on and seeing, like, you know, year in or so i think maybe it's punk brian ic title like because we are still dealing with miserable cm punk here and if he's trying to grasp at straws to stick around i could see him saying well, i'll work with brian yeah you know and i'll i'll work with brock and i'll work with cesaro and wyatt 
I mean, if it's I can see all those. Things. If it's Batista versus Orton at Mania, and they just stick with it, they go with the way that they wanted to go. I don't think that there is any part of them that thought Batista is going to get booed when he wins the Royal Rumble, and people are not going to be into the idea of Batista beating Orton at WrestleMania. I think in their mind, they were like, man, Batista is going to get this big reaction because he's this established former world champion. People are going to love it. People are going to want to see him versus Orton. And WrestleMania 30 is going to end with Batista holding the championship. And he's, you know, everybody's like so fucking happy. And there's pyro going around. In their mind, they're probably booking Batista's the babyface champion from Mania 30. Or, well, from Royal Rumble, like, you know, that stretch wins the championship of Mania 30. And he's probably holding that championship until SummerSlam, like you're saying, and then he loses to Brock. Where Batista's babyface the entire time. No evolution. Maybe we get, like, the shield versus the authority being uh, a split off where it's like, okay, Roman and Ambrose and Rollins against Triple H and Randy Orton and Kane, I guess. They would have tried to they would have tried to build up the outlaws and it would have been shield if if Hunter was like determined to work with the shield, it would have been shield against DX. That makes sense too. Yeah. Instead of the authority. Either one of those scenarios I think could fill in for the authority, uh the the evolution angle of that. But maybe punk is up against Batista at one of those events. Maybe he's just challenging for the championship. Maybe he turns heel, like you said, and, and he's got a feud with Daniel Bryan coming out of Mania. Or maybe Punk is still involved in that, and it's kind of like Punk and the Shield up against the Authority and DX type thing. Or It wouldn't shock me if they would have potentially had CM Punk versus Batista on like Extreme Rules or Money in the Bank or... Uh, payback or probably payback, probably the Chicago show. Oh, that was Chicago's, yeah. So, Punk versus Batista, maybe in Chicago, there, especially because that was like you know the evolution type stuff, so that wouldn't have been in the plan anyway. And maybe he's heel against Batista, or maybe Batista had turned heel at that point or something. Well, no, if he's in Chicago, he's not heel, true. Yeah, they probably wouldn't. So, it would have been like a kind of unique baby face, baby face, but with. Dave playing the heel in Chicago, if that's theoretically how it goes down. I also think they would have tried to shoehorn in some John Cena Batista stuff. I think one thing we haven't touched on in this discussion is AJ Lee probably sticks around, which means she probably has a program with girls like Sasha, Charlotte, Bailey. That kind of stuff would have been fun as well, because there was a bit of a ripple effect with all of this. So Money in the Bank comes after Payback. So they couldn't have done like Punk wins Money in the Bank and leads into cashing in for a title shot against Batista in Chicago. Who wins Money in the Bank that year? That's... Collins. So Cena wins the World Heavyweight Championship ladder match. And yeah, it's Rollins beats Swagger, Ziggler, Rob Van Dam, Ambrose, and Kofi. Hey, Rollins, if if they had planned on Rollins turning on the shield and doing the whole split and to him becoming a part of the authority, if that was something that was in the works from prior to that, which we don't know, probably would have been Rollins still winning money in the bank anyway, and that, that might not have changed. And then we probably still on the same path of Roman versus Brock 
with Rollins cashing in Mania 31. Who knows who Punk would have potentially been up against at Mania 31, because obviously any number of different things could have happened from Royal Rumble 2014 onward. But if you look at the people involved at WrestleMania 31, I don't think he would have been in a match with Sting. Highly doubt it. I don't think he changes Undertaker Bray Wyatt. I don't think he changes Cena Rusev. I don't think he changes... Orton Rollins. So maybe he would have just been in the Intercontinental Championship match. That's what I said. I said you'd probably maybe to put him against Ryan in some capacity in that way. Or, you know, now that they're singles, maybe he has a one-off with Ambrose. Or again, a number of things could have changed it. But That's a good point. It could have been Punk Ambrose in like a dedicated feud, yeah. Or Punk Brian, or yeah. I don't think that Punk necessarily would have been in like the title hunt around that time frame. I don't think that he would have, you know, him against The Undertaker in another rematch or something. Um, But I got a feeling that Punk not leaving, it does fuck around with the WrestleMania 30 card and it does mess around with some of the fallout of that. But yeah, I just, I can't picture Punk still being in WWE by WrestleMania 31. If he was that miserable and he was that hurt and he had all these reasons to want to leave to where he just leaves after Royal Rumble, like he doesn't even stick it out until Mania. He wanted to leave. I don't know what would have convinced him to stay. The main event of WrestleMania. That alone, which. which, I mean, if you listen, if we take his words at face value on that podcast, he makes it very clear the biggest hang-up in the, the whole thing was, how the fuck have I not headlined WrestleMania? So, I think that would have convinced him to stay. If, Maybe not at WrestleMania 30 in particular, because he did want Brian to have that moment. But I think that would have been the, the carrot he was chasing. I mean, if they pitched him, you're going to have a match against Triple H. It's a featured match. It's against, you know, this Hall of Famer, all the other that's things. That's exactly what they pitched. Well, that's what him. I mean. Like, if they pitched that to him and he still was like, fuck no, that doesn't matter enough for me to stick around. Well, okay, okay, not to just rehash the entire podcast, <laughs> but if you listen to his words again, he says, no. First of all, there is only one main event of WrestleMania. Mm. It's the last match. You can't get me with that stuff. Yeah. Second of all, according to him, he turned to Triple H and said, I resent you for not putting me over. We had a match two years ago when I was white hot. You need to wrestle me. I don't need to wrestle yeah. you. So I can't imagine she, that there's... He's right. If that happened verbatim, he's right. Like, I can't imagine that there's anything that WWE would have pitched to him outside of potentially throwing him into that world heavyweight championship triple threat match. And it's punk versus Orton versus Batista, which really doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but they could have gotten around to it. I mean, we've had weirder ways to, to do things and we've had things that make no sense whatsoever and they just do it. And everybody's just like, or just fucking, you know, whatever it, it is, what it is. So it's not like everything has to fit logic. Logic is not a WWE thing. Uh, 
it, it boils down to how long would he have stuck around to chase the carrot of the main event of WrestleMania? Because if we play around with it a little bit later, I think he would have been a, a lot of fun in the 2016 brand split, where now you have Finn Balor, now you have, you know, Sami Zayn's on the roster, Balor's on the roster. Owens and all the you know, yeah. AJ's there. Like, yeah, I think you would have had a lot of fun. Punk and AJ don't like each so, other, right? I have no clue. I think, if I remember correctly, they don't like each other. Do you remember anything about that, Callum? Nope. So, maybe, let's, I mean, let's play around with a little fantasy booking and the idea of, like, let's just say he wakes up the next day after the Royal Rumble and instead of thinking, man, this fucking Triple H match isn't worth it. I need to um, leave. Instead, he just thinks, you know what? It is a big match and I'll stick around. And he gets through that. And he gets through the next couple of months and they start building up to WrestleMania 31. I still don't think that Punk is their priority for the World Heavyweight Championship because it is Brock, most likely, that they've got going on. And they probably have Brock versus Roman Reigns. And, you know, maybe that's when Punk goes, God damn it, I stuck around for another year and you didn't give me the championship. I'm gone. But maybe he sticks around again. And, you know, we start getting into the 2016 stuff and all. I can't imagine Punk being the SmackDown champion and having that brand split and them booking him as the main event of WrestleMania 32 either. Can you guys? Well, I don't. If we go with, it would have been 33 if by the time they split the actual brand. Oh, that's but right. Because, yeah, I, the, I, 32 is April of. Uh, I certainly can because. At one point, again, if you believe what a certain somebody said on to Inside the Ropes, Jericho says that he and Owens were a penciled-in main event of WrestleMania 33. So yeah, I certainly think that given the right opponent, given the right story, CM Punk have absolutely headlined WrestleMania at any point between 30 and honestly now. Like, I absolutely think that there's always a chance. But again, it comes down to, was he optimistic enough to keep chasing it? I don't know. But, you know, for another thing that we didn't get into, like, what if he just goes and says, all right, I'm not miserable. I didn't, I didn't, you know, sue the company or the company didn't sue me or whatever. And I'll just go and, Fucking go to Wrestle Kingdom and I'll fight Nakamura. You know, or I'll go to Japan and try to be, try to make it to the main event of the Tokyo Dome. That could become another goal because the one thing we did learn, even though we had to wait seven and a half years, he does love wrestling. Mm -hmm. It's just he's not, he doesn't play well with others. Well, with him leaving WWE. And this, like, the what-if discussion, what if he stuck around in WWE? If he leaves WWE under any other circumstances, then I think it's still in the same scenario of why didn't he do something outside of WWE when he left anyway, you know? Because, like, when he's gone from WWE, he, he could have figured out a deal with New Japan. He could have, but again, with all the 
Because the litigation ended in 2018. Do you think that him being yeah. in that made him just like that, that lawsuit burned him out more on pro wrestling than anything else? Absolutely. I mean, look at the residual damage. You know, uh, he's back in doing WWE backstage a year and a half after that lawsuit ends. He's back in a wrestling ring a year and a half from that. And that's only because of the pandemic. Because he also did the UFC stuff. And he wanted to be involved in that. That is true. So, I mean, if he had these ideas in his mind of wanting to, you know, why am I not WrestleMania main event caliber talent and maybe I want to do some MMA stuff and whatever. If he leaves WWE and he doesn't have the lawsuit and stuff, he probably still just trains to do MMA and, you know, I don't know what happens with that. If he's still fighting Mickey Gall, Mickey Gall was his name, I think. Um, yeah, that was the first guy. Yeah. Like maybe, of course, maybe that happens a little sooner. Maybe it happens a little later, whatever it might be. But I kind of can't picture if punk left under better terms that he would have like just gone to new Japan or just gone to impact or is DNA still DNA. Then he wouldn't have done TNA. I don't <laughs> Probably not. But I think he would—he would have done Ring of Honor. I think. Ring of Honor, yeah. Look at Cody's path. Think of it Mm -hmm. like that. And there's the possibility that I mean, if what if he sticks around a little bit longer and he ends up whatever? Maybe he leaves WWE, takes some time off, and comes back to WWE. You know, I mean, maybe he gets himself all healed up and he takes a good chunk of 2014 off after WrestleMania just kind of powers through till the mania season's over with, and then comes back around towards survivor series of 2014. And he's kind of reinvigorated or something. I mean, none of this stuff seems like it would have happened because of the way that things did go. He was miserable. He did have his injury stuff. He did have the backstage problems with triple H and other people and all. So it seems like it's almost like, yeah, this still wouldn't have worked. And that's why it worked out the way that it did. But, I don't know. I mean, there's a chance that Punk still would have been around in 2015 if a couple little things got tweaked. Yeah, I think we also saw the movement towards part-time guys with regularity. He could have become one of those guys. Maybe he would have been happier. There's a lot of... Obviously, the the name of the segment's called What If, but there's a lot Mm of fun what-ifs there. Like Because I think if it doesn't end with such hostilities there's a world of possibility but of course like we'll look where he is right now you know like, who's to say what if cm punk sticks around till wrestlemania 30 gets into a fight bat stage for WrestleMania 30 <laughs> we're having a brawl out type thing with wrestlemania you know <laughs> well you mentioned aj lee Obviously, one of the fallouts of Punk leaving that I'm sure was a major factor in her leaving is because of that whole thing. What do you guys think would happen with AJ? Oh, like I mentioned, she she would have wrestled, you know, the horsewomen. She would have been involved in that whole Divas Revolution thing. Because remember, give Divas a chance happened 
before she comes back for Mania 31, and then she just dips the night after. But give Divas a chance that already happened, so she would have been involved in that early stages of that. And I think it would have led to some, maybe some more fun moments on the microphone, maybe some more exciting matches. But at the same time, I think she's, she did more with the little time she had than she would have had there been a, an elongated stay. Uh, I think she probably would have still probably retired at that point. Just based on the fact that she retired at that point and ever since has shown no interest of getting back into the ring. So I think that she was probably just kind of done with everything. She'd already achieved what the most you could do at that point in time in WWE. I mean, she would have had, maybe had an inkling, but probably had no real concept of what was happening in NXT at that point or a super awareness. No, she definitely had an inkling. Because she was very close to Bailey at that time. And she even in the Slammy Awards speech, she was like, Yeah, thanks for giving me this. Next year I wanted to go to Sasha or Bailey or Charlotte. So like she was aware of what was happening. Even still, like she left and demonstrated and as I like she was super passionate about it. she hadn't been burnt in the same way that CM Punk had done, so she could have gone to multiple different promotions that were offering women's wrestling at that point and decided not to. Mm-hmm. So But I but I often wonder if that was a show of solidarity with her husband who they did in, fire on. In which case she should like, do what she wants to do rather than count out to what but if her if her husband would get mad about it, that's like mm, okay. I don't I don't mean it in that way. I just mean it like as like she's like standing by okay, well, him because Punk's Punk was back in wrestling from 2021 onwards and and she did well. No, but she didn't wrestle. She was she's a, she was a, she didn't wrestle. She said she was starting out with that, and now that her contract is expired with them, look where we were back at. With them. <laughs> like. Well, because the next she sticks around for you know an, an entire year plus because she's wrestling with Paige against the Bella Twins at WrestleMania 31, and then by WrestleMania 32, for context of the women's division, Paige, who was the the focal point with AJ Lee against the Bella Twins at that WrestleMania, is on Team Total Divas on the, on the pre-show yeah. against Team Bad and Blonde. <laughs> So it's Emma, Lana, Naomi, Summer Rae, Tamina against Paige with uh, Brie Bella, Alicia Fox, Eva Marie, and Natalia. Meanwhile, the women's championship match is Charlotte versus Becky versus Sasha. You know, that Bailey didn't get brought up to the main roster yet because she was the NXT women's champion and they didn't want to do that and do the four way that would have made a little bit more sense. But that's past the, uh, you know, team PCB type shit. And uh, what were they going to call it? The Submission Sorority or something? The Sorority? That's a good name, except for the poor. The Submission Sisters, or, you know. Um, so if they're kind of you know, working their way towards from WrestleMania 31 to WrestleMania 32, we're going to bring up Charlotte, Becky, Sasha, build them up to being the big thing where Charlotte's going to be the, the focal point. I don't think we're getting Charlotte 
versus AJ Lee at WrestleMania 32. I don't think we're getting Becky versus uh, Charlotte separate because Becky wasn't as like context for a lot of people. They would be like, what do you mean Becky wouldn't be big enough? Becky wasn't as big right then as she was. That was the Charlotte show for WrestleMania 32. Becky and Sasha were. I mean, there was a time where Becky wasn't big at all. Right. Like, Becky was, I would say, unarguably number four in the four horse women for a while. Most people tended to have their focus on Charlotte above everybody else. And then Sasha was the next one that was like, okay, she got the belt and she's shooting with Bailey. And Becky was kind of just there. She was good. But she didn't become the big popular megastar that she would eventually become. Now she's, you know, I mean, for the past couple of years, she's been easily the top woman in the company. But during this WrestleMania 32, Becky Lynch was not that big of a deal. They could have just even done Charlotte versus Sasha, and Becky could have been in a match against AJ Lee separately or something. Or they could have done ultimately you know, uh, Charlotte versus AJ Lee, but I don't think that that would have been the case. Let's be real. If she was at that WrestleMania, she would have been on the bad and blonde side. Um, ultimately, if best case scenario for AJ, if she sticks around for the long haul, I think she has a career like Naomi. Naomi was around for a while. Naomi did Royal Rumbles. Naomi did WrestleManias. They came in at the same season of NXT. Ultimately, I think you're looking at a Naomi type situation. Where she's like perpetually a good hand who can be slotted into almost any scenario and Maybe she yeah, wants to belt another have time. To have 25 minute matches. Maybe she tries to push herself to do so. But that's the way I would see it going for AJ Lee. Maybe when they do the brand split, maybe she is the SmackDown Women's Champion because she's an established star, but not necessarily. Maybe she's just fighting for the belt and putting over the person that they do want to uh, hold that championship. Right. But she's an added name for yeah. the. Or either division. Instead of going with like a Natty or Tamina or somebody, they have AJ Lee. I don't think she sticks around for a super, super long time. I think that her and Punk are gone no matter what before another era shift. I can't imagine that they're still in WWE in 2023 and they're like backstage producers or they are legendary talent that's working in the nxt system or that they are working on a legends contract thing where you know somebody like a uh an undertaker still had a, a bunch of more years you oh, know wow. uh, but like why why are you making them out to be the undertaker they could have been at like randy orton status like, orton too you know, like orton. i mean maybe that would have been the case but i think it's just inevitable you know, certain things are kind of in a fixed timeline and Brock becoming champion after beating the undertaker for the streak, I feel is something that they probably, if it wouldn't have been Batista Brock and we got Cena, Brian. Um, we got Cena Brock, then it maybe would have been, yeah, it would have been Brock beats Brian at SummerSlam. Or if Punk's stucking around and maybe they do decide, you know what? Hey, this Batista thing's not working and Punk and Triple H work their mania main event. And we want to transition the belt to Punk because he's popular or whatever. Then maybe Brock beats Punk at SummerSlam. But I think it does kind of come back to just Brock. And then we're setting up Roman to be the guy that fights Brock. 
they seemed a little too focused on that with WrestleMania 30 and the 2014 Royal Rumble. Punk's sticking around in this what if. I don't think he's winning the world title three times. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I like when we set out to do this exercise, I never thought it would ultimately change a lot. With the exception of the, you know, hey, eventually like Randy Orton got like how many more world titles sure. since then? It's, you know, like Punk got mm-hmm. an extra couple of world titles, maybe get some main event of some major pay-per-views. I think ultimately, if he sticks around on good terms, the plan is I want to get myself on a Brock schedule. Being as they now have a bunch of people on that schedule, I think he would have gotten there, you know, but I don't think uh, too much changes. So at the end of the day, what if punk sticks around? We're kind of all in the same boat of like, well, then he would have left. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of, he would have had some feuds with some people like a Bray Wyatt. Maybe that would have been something that could have been a lot of fun, but you know, even if it's, CM Punk and Kevin Owens instead of Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens. All of that is ultimately way too deep into what we can't kind of picture for us to know what WWE would have done. And they wouldn't either. If you could ask Triple H or you could ask CM Punk or you could ask Vince McMahon or anybody that would be involved in the planning of what Punk could do. I bet if they would all even entertain the idea, because naturally their go-to response is, I don't fucking know. Fuck you, you nerd. (laughs) I think that none of them could really know either because they, the plans change all the time. And we don't know what they plan on doing for WrestleMania 40. And we don't know if they planned WrestleMania 40's main event that we're eventually going to get for WrestleMania 39. We don't know if Cody Rhodes is going up against Roman Reigns or if it's the rock against Roman, or if they just fucking have this idea in mind that they're like, and come around October, we're going to really be pushing. Uh, I don't know. Fucking, um, Otis, <laughs> you know, I highly doubt it, but that's just one example. Like they don't know what they are going to do a month in the future for a lot of people. And even if they have plans of what they want to do, plans change. I think Punk sticking around in WWE, at least until Mania 30, it screws Brian out of the main event. I don't think they come back around to putting him in there. And then I don't think we get anything that would be worthwhile to substitute that. Like the Punk and Triple H match. I don't think we would, if we could look at ourselves from two different multiverse setups, and just go, ah, oh, you know, is that worth it? I don't think it is. So, at least that's kind of the breakdown that I have in mind. Do you guys have any other kind of avenues to explore? My devil's advocate for that is, yeah, I probably could have lived without seeing Brian get that awesome moment, and then, poof, it's gone. The, the disappointment. So, you know, I, I could, I, yeah, I could have maybe lived without that disappointment. Um. But yeah, I think ultimately I still would rather him not leave the company on such turmoil. I'd rather him not leave the AEW on such turmoil because I'd rather the open door for the possibilities that we discussed. Because 
steampunk adds a lot to a product. You know, and I, I think for me, that outweighs anything that happened in the seven and a half years while he was away. Because, uh, yeah, as I said earlier on, I don't think his uh, departure impacted on the, the Brian thing whatsoever. I still think Brian would have won the world title at uh, WrestleMania 30. And I think that just the biggest victims of Punk sticking around would have been the Shield in some form or fashion. There is actually one more topic that just came to me about this. The Tony Khan side of it assuming punk sticks around long enough that that works into the beginning of aew and i mean we know that part of the trigger for aew existing was of course cody rhodes and the young bucks and kenny omega and all the people involved in all in but we know that some of the trigger for that is chris jericho and the kevin owens feud at wrestlemania which if that's not a thing, then Jericho maybe leaves WWE earlier than that. Or maybe he doesn't have that disappointment of, man, we were going to random event WrestleMania and it got taken away from me. And now I'm pissed about that. Maybe Jericho is just like, yeah, you know, I'm sticking around WWE doing my thing and it's not a problem. But if world's best wrestling was something that Tony Khan was interested in doing with CM Punk after Punk left WWE, if Punk's still in WWE, then that's not an option. Well, Tony Khan would have started a wrestling company, if that's what you're saying. I think Tony Khan, we've, we've seen enough, we know enough to absolutely know he would have started a wrestling If anything, Punk being as miserable as we would have still expected him to be, or like the only reason he had, in, in this scenario, the only reason he hadn't left WWE is because he's still getting paid well and there's no other real competition for him. I think as soon as Tony Khan does turn up and produces a real alternative with TV on Warner, then Punk immediately jumps to, to AEW at the earliest opportunity. And he's Absolutely. he's in the Jericho spot where it's like maybe he wins the first world championship. and But then even then, you got to assume who's to say that Tony Khan creates his own company rather than he buys Impact. Or he, I think he would. He would have created. He would have created his own company because. Think so? Well, impact has yeah. impacts. He could have bought impact now. He he didn't. Who was running impact uh, in 2014? Um, was that when they switched over to the anthem thing? Anthem, anthem probably maybe. Anthem, yeah. It's, that I company is so running. fucking hard to. It's like oh, it's the Dixie thing, but it's Global Force, but it's Anthem, but it's fucking. Now we slapped a sticker on the title. It's been Anthem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's very funny. It's been Anthem for like five or six years now. It'll probably be Anthem for the relatively foreseeable future. Was 2014 the like the Owl Championship belt? No, no, no. That was that was like 1617. When was Global Force? 1617. Global Force only that was like a three month thing that happened and quickly didn't happen. Man, that is <laughs> that's a fucking whirlwind to try to track TNA. Um, yeah, no, I mean, obviously, if Punk sticks around in WWE for any amount of time, we're probably not talking about 
the you know aw all in uh, controversy with cm punk because there's so many different butterfly effects that happen but maybe it is uh you know tony khan presents world's best wrestling with cm punk at the lead and it's not all elite wrestling and it's not chris jericho and it's not all these other people and maybe the young bucks and uh cm punk are as thick as thieves I'll stand by this with some comfortable certainty, even though we've been playing a complete hypothetical. If the lawsuit doesn't happen, if he if Bill Brooks gets to go away, whether he goes away to rest or completely leaves WWE, if the lawsuit doesn't happen, I don't think any of that would have happened because I think that only upped his, you know, angst and discomfort and his desire to just throw chairs at people or you know like I, I think that that lawsuit and the residual damage of it was a huge problem personally his friendship with Colt Cabana is okay <laughs> I mean uh, depending on who you're focusing on maybe that's the best timeline for CM Punk is if he doesn't go down that rabbit hole Maybe he's got some more friends. He doesn't burn as many bridges and he's happier. Maybe he's happier now because he's just like, fuck everybody. I don't, you know, do my own thing. But I think without knowing, of course, you know, we can't hop over to the other timeline and then slide right back to see and compare what ended up actually happening in reality. I would vote I'm more comfortable with the way that things worked out than if I could go back in time and fix that. I, I don't think I would try to fix it. What about you guys? I mean, you're asking me if I want to just know what I know or play with the unknown. I think I'll stick to knowing what I know. <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably for the best that um, the punk left when he did. Hmm. So maybe you guys disagree when you're listening to us. Maybe you're like, no, the unknown is so much better. I really love change and I really, I have no hesitation. I'm the type of guy that if you tell me I can go back in time and change things that I really wish I could change from the past, I still wouldn't do it because I'm like, ah, uh, it's a shame that like, you know, I fell down a couple years ago and I messed up my wrist and it clicks every day now. I wish I would not have fallen. And then I'm like, yeah, but you know what? Then maybe I didn't go to Walmart to pick up that fucking risk guard that one day and then maybe whatever maybe i would have gotten into a car accident going to another place and you know who fucking knows Jesus like you Christ. know i do that kind of thing where it's always like hey if i are, are you okay <laughs> like what do you mean <laughs> like I, I that's not where i would go with a simple oh, uh, i, I guard, always but- go with if i go with the other timeline who knows if i'm not dead and that there's not the, uh, the apocalypse <laughs> maybe me uh you know, not eating that bad food that I ate when I was in Brazil, uh, you know, in a couple weeks ago where I ended up uh, having like food poisoning. Maybe me not eating that and choosing to eat something else would have led to a nuclear bomb going off <laughs> for all I fucking know. And it's all hinging on me. Maybe I'm, you know, just the main character here. But um that's how I would approach it. If you guys agree or you disagree, you guys let us know in the comments. What do you think would have happened? Would you would have gotten CM Punk versus Bray Wyatt and one of the best feuds that's ever happened? And this would have been something that would have been worth it all. Or 
would Punk have screwed Daniel Bryan out of the Yes Movement WrestleMania thing, and then it could have turned into something where Bryan leaves the company because he's just like, I'm so popular and you're not doing anything with me except for putting me with Sheamus. I'm going to go to New Japan. Bryan leaves the company. Or maybe there's enough stuff with Punk and the Shield that they come back around to that and it screws up the Roman Reigns trajectory or something. There's a million different avenues you can explore, so... You know, uh, have some fun with it. Drop some comments. Tell us your your timeline. How do you get to 2023 with Punk sticking around at WWE? Yeah, that rhymed. And, uh, you know, any other types of discussion like that? Maybe we'll have a different perspective by the hot tags because maybe there would be another story going on with Punk with the hot tags for us to talk about. But um, it's about wrapped up from what I can imagine. So, Obviously, we want to thank you for listening to this podcast, and we want to thank you for leaving those comments if you did. We want to thank you for all the support that you have shown us in whatever way you did. If you're following us on Facebook and Twitter at Smart Moment, you're subscribed to this channel, you hit the like button, you are on the Patreon, you're on the channel membership, or you're showing some love over to the other brands. You know, there's fanboysanonymous.com, where we will talk about all the different geek culture stuff outside of pro wrestling. And, you know, it's interesting to go down some different what if timelines there uh, for different things. Maybe we'll, you know, if you want to talk about some what if, you know, they change up the Zack Snyder version of the DCU and maybe we get some better ideas with that. Or what if the previous writer strike that ended up screwing up things like Quantum of Solace for the James Bond franchise? What if things like that don't work out? I don't know. You can explore the what if ideas when it comes to fanboys, but go to fanboysanonymous.com. Check out everything that's happening there. Go to the YouTube channel and subscribe to that. Follow on Facebook and Twitter. Head up to Patreon if you want to sponsor like a fan tracks or, you know, maybe uh, Mount Rushmore or whatever. We do have a fan tracks that is eventually going to be coming up. I keep like getting too fucking tired at night <laughs> uh, to end up doing the Vacation Friends 2 thing, but I'm sure at some point we're going to sit down and watch that movie. So stay tuned for that there. Make sure you are following the Linktree stuff, though, that you can find over at amangotree.com for all the different accounts, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, YouTube, etc. for Fanboys Anonymous, Smartout Moment, and myself at Tony Mango. And make sure you're following Robin Callum. Yep, you can follow me everywhere at Dude Felice. You can follow Fightful. You can follow WrestleZone. That's where most of my work is. I'm also on those watch-alongs for... Uh, Fanboys Anonymous. I've really enjoyed Ninja Turtles. I want to do more of those. Definitely next year. I already have some ideas for Fanboys next year. And yeah, because as scary as it is, we're already kind of rounding down the home stretch of this year. Ugh. But for now, here's Callum. You can find me on Twitter at Wigmeister14 and check out the power rankings every single Saturday over on smartcamoment.com and also on smartcamoment.com and also at www.fantasyleague.com. You can see the latest standings of all of our teams on the Fantasy League. No. Uh... If CM Punk doesn't leave <laughs> WWE, am I winning all of those? <laughs> like... That's the big change. That's the only thing that changes in the universe. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Somehow I have a, a theory in mind, though, that it probably still wouldn't be the case. Still be <laughs> probably not. All righty. Well, that is the what if. And uh, we want to thank you for participating and for being a fan. And we will see you with whatever we do next. It could be the dark cast. It could be one of the pick poisons or it could be the hot tags. 
if you are on the YouTube channel and you are following Facebook and Twitter and obviously going to smartcomma.com, then you'll click on that little sections that show you the different episodes and you'll see what is next. And we hope to see you then. But for now, this has been another Smart Cow Moment and we are being counted out. Oh!